welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. I'm both the host and owner of Veterinary Team Training. Please check out all of our other amazing content at vetteamtraining.com. This week is National Veterinary Technician Week, and our field is very tough. It is one of the highest suicide rates in the country for a profession. We are at an all-time burnout rate. We are at an all-time technician shortage in most of our hospitals. Most of our hospitals don't have enough staff. And we're also seeing record-setting numbers of cases right now here in 2020. And so it's really tough being a veterinary technician. And even though this week is supposed to be one of celebration, I know that in many of our hospitals, we are burnt out at max capacity and feeling the constant compassion fatigue that this job entails for us. So that's why I want this podcast just to be fun. And it's not going to educate you on anything, but I'm going to share a few of my stories over the 20-something years of being a veterinary technician of things that have happened to me. And definitely email me your own stories because I tell you, you probably have even better stories. You can email me at vetteamtraining at gmail.com your own stories. I would love to hear them. The very first one involves a gentleman client who called the veterinary hospital because he had found what he thought was a tick on his dog. His dog was a five-year-old beagle and he noticed that there was a tick embedded in the abdomen and he just couldn't get it out. So he called the hospital to explain the situation and said, there's a black tick and I can't pull it out. I've been trying to pull it out. I've gotten tweezers. I've gotten rubbing alcohol. It just won't come out. And he's now explaining to me on the phone that in actuality, the skin is bleeding around it. And no matter how hard he tries to pull it out, there's always just a little bit of the tick in there. And then it dawned on me. I said, where is it again? And he said, it's on the belly. I can't get it off my dog. And I need to get this head out. I think it's the head in there. And I said, do you see any legs? And he said, no, I don't see any legs, but it's in there. I'm telling you, it's in there. So I finally said to him, can you just look and tell me whether or not you see a tick on the other side of the belly, like right across where his penis would be? The guy paused for a second and then he said, there's another tick there. And I said, well, that's actually your dog's nipples. And so it was pretty funny because he was not aware that boy dogs could have nipples. That's one of those life lessons that I've imparted to many other technicians and assistants that if you have an owner who's really struggling to get a tick out of the abdomen of a dog, male or female dog, have them check the other side and see if there are also quote unquote ticks on the other side. If there are uniform numbers of ticks on one side and the other, it's probably the dog's nipples. And the funniest thing that this guy said was, what? but he's a boy. How does he have nipples? To which I replied, sir, male human beings have nipples and male dogs also have nipples and men have nipples sometimes. In the most serious professional veterinary voice I could actually muster at that moment. But that was definitely one of those great phone calls that I've gotten over my career. Um, To date, one of the funniest ones was explaining again to the man that yes, male dogs do have nipples. All right, so that was definitely very funny. Another funny one which ended in a good story is one of my veterinary hospitals was on a very busy road and this owner came to pick up her cat. I believe it had had a wound repair 
And in the middle of the parking lot, not at her car, she wanted to look at the cat. She picked up the cat from inside of the hospital and walking through the parking lot, she stopped, bent down, opened up the cat carrier. You guys know where I'm going with this story, right? She opened up the cat carrier and the cat bolted and was gone. And she was devastated, absolutely devastated. Now the good news, and I'll ruin the end of the story, is she did find the cat. She found the cat three months later. At the time, I was working a lot of overnight shifts. And so we knew this this cat had escaped and we certainly put out flyers for it and we helped her in any way. But we thought, okay, we're never gonna find the cat. After about a week, you know, we stopped hearing from her and we just kind of assumed, hopefully this cat shows up, who knows. We put out some have a heart traps, no avail. We would check the traps. It just wasn't coming into the traps. Fast forward now about two, three weeks later, and I'm working an overnight shift, and I'm outside walking a dog. And there in the bushes is something rustling. And it's something big. It's no way that it is this cat. And I'm beginning to freak out. And then I hear, meow, 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 meow. And I go, is someone there? This is literally three in the morning. And I'm thinking I'm about to die. And up pops this client from behind the bush. And she goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. I was looking for my cat. I'm the person who, unfortunately, her cat escaped out of the parking lot. And I just thought maybe if I came in the middle of the night, he might come out because I read that cats might be more nocturnal and might be more active at night. I damn near had a heart attack. That's not an exaggeration. So the funny part about this is we had to have her call and let us know that she was going to be searching for her cat in the middle of the night. And here is actually the whole point of this story. She did manage to find her cat in the middle of the night months later. Bless this woman's soul. She came almost every single day. We got to really know her and connect with her. But yes, she would be outside making all these random noises. One night I heard her purring in the middle of the night. I walked outside to hear And I thought, is she trying to bring her cat to her by purring? Whatever works, right? So um, definitely gave you a heart attack in the middle of the night. Uh, But imagine walking at three in the morning, a dog, and just hearing meow, meow out of the bushes, right? I, I tell you, I'm so happy she found her cat. I think we were just as happy as she was. All right, so here's another story. And this one's funny, but also slightly sad. And also slightly like, oh my gosh, that actually happened. I most, I, this came back to my memory because I was reading a thread on a Facebook post um, about this, and this is a common occurrence. So I've had plenty of dogs that and cats that have eaten foreign bodies over my career. One of the funniest one was an actual cat. He weighed 25 pounds and he ate the head off of a Barbie doll. I'm sorry, but that's hysterically funny. Now, yes, The child was really upset, but to all of us, when you surgically remove the head of a Barbie doll out of a 25-pound cat, I mean, I'm sorry, that's epic. On the flip side of that, something to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, as most veterinary hospitals do, you have to save the foreign body. The owner wants to see the foreign body. They just paid a lot of money for that foreign body. They want to see what you just pulled out of their dog or cat. So we pulled out a pair of underwear. Some of you know where I'm going with this story, right? Uh Uh-oh. And we put the underwear into a Ziploc bag. By the way, double double seal your foreign bodies because they stink like nobody's business. 
So here I was, a young veterinary technician, and I walked up front to discharge this dog and said, and here is the foreign body. Here's your underwear. It's not her underwear. Oh my gosh. And what do you say to that? She literally looked at me and said, that's not my underwear. I don't have anything that looks like that. And we don't have a daughter in the house. I guess all you say is, I'm so sorry. And then you try to get the heck out of there as fast as possible. That's what you do. Um, I felt terrible for her. But in the same token, it's one of those oh my goodness moments that you experience in your career and you hope never to have another one in your entire life because that one was really, I will never forget the look of her face, right? Um, there's been plenty of other times where I have just done, you know, funny things in the hospital. One of the funniest moments was I was trying to have a very serious conversation with my veterinary team. What I do know is I was trying to sound smart and educated in whatever I was trying to say. And here I am walking towards this group of five technicians as their manager and I literally bump into the wash bucket. It doesn't end there. I didn't just bump into this wash bucket. I bumped into the wash bucket, which tipped the wash bucket that was full of the dirtiest, nastiest vomit poop water you've ever seen. And I flipped it and I literally slid. If you could envision like a cartoon where you are sliding and as I'm talking to them, all they see is a noise. They hear a noise and then they see me go up and they see legs. They no longer see my head and I careen onto my back. Now, luckily, I have wonderful teams, so they came rushing over to make sure that I was okay. And once they discovered I was fine and I was wallowing in the poop and vomit water, they then burst out into hysterical laughter. They no longer could take me seriously, and I no longer could take myself seriously because I was covered in the most grossest water. There was nothing I could do. I had a change of scrubs, luckily, but my shoes were soaked, my hair was wet. It was absolutely horrible. So um, it was a humiliating and humbling experience, but also hysterically funny. I think it, I found it funny days later, but in the time I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And one of the very last stories that I want to share with you was a time where I was discharging a dog who had just suffered through pneumonia, was better and was going home. And one of the things that we teach clients to do is how to coupage their dog. And so that's those rhythmic hand motions where you cup your hands and you um, gently kind of hit the dog's chest in an effort to kind of expel any of the remaining mucoid discharge out of their lungs. And so coupaging is one of those forms of physiotherapy. And explaining it to an owner, I often make a cup with my hand and I often just gently air cup, you know, something in the air. Eventually I bring in their dog and I demonstrate a little bit on their dog how they're going to want to coupage the animal. This particular gentleman owner, and I was so taken aback, I don't, he was the nicest guy, but I think he was so nervous about taking this dog home, he wanted to make sure he got it right. And he really wanted to make sure that he got the cupping motion right on his hands and that he was gonna do it hard enough, but not too hard. So in one fell swoop, and it happened so quickly, I was speechless. He said, do you mean this is about how hard you should hit? He took my arm, grabbed my wrist, and he went ahead and literally smacked my arm in the cupping motion. And I thought to myself, this man just hit me. I, but he didn't hit me because he was trying to be mean. He was trying to demonstrate all the things I had just demonstrated, only he's demonstrating on me. I didn't know quite what to say or what to do. So I just went, 
yeah, kind of like that. I'm just going to go ahead and get your dog right now and I'm going to bring him in um, and we can demonstrate on your dog together. And I walked back and I said, I just had the weirdest discharge and I don't even know how to explain what happened because he was just so nervous. He wanted to make sure he got everything right. But in doing so, he actually grabbed my arm and he made a cupping motion on my hand um, or on my actual arm. And he basically hit me. I mean, that's what he did, but I can't get mad at him for it because he just really wanted to be a good owner. But yeah, that's really what happened. I know for many of you, you have these little moments or these little images in your brain that make you laugh. And during this time of National Veterinary Technician Week, we have to remember those. I mean, I can think there was a hairless cat and she came in frequently through our internal medicine department and her mom made the most epic sweaters. I can't remember the cat's name, but what I do know is she was always dressed in the most epic sweaters. It made me laugh every single time. I remember that there was a cat named Blueberry and then there was a dog named Watermelon and those are things that stick with me and they those names just made me laugh and they were of the same family. I also remember that there was a family that always named their pets after seasons or weather patterns. So we had a dog named Tornado and we had a cat named Flood and we had a another dog named Sunshine and I loved everything about that and I thought that was fantastic. And those are the moments that, that we live for and why we work in veterinary medicine because they make us laugh. I'll say this, this profession is amazing despite all of its issues and I am not blind to the issues. I try very hard within my own hospital organization to make a difference and I try very hard to impact the lives of veterinary technicians and assistants and veterinary teams in a better way. I do think we have to have a bigger conversation about some of the major issues within our profession. But here's the thing, I would never leave this profession. This profession, you cannot be bored in it. There's always something new and exciting. And whether or not you love the medicine or you love caring for the clients, whatever it is, there's something for everybody in this profession. Not to mention, we get to work with a variety of animal patients. Those poor registered nurses and poor human medicine doctors they only get to work with human beings and no offense but ick and so we get to work with dogs and cats and exotics or large animals you know or uh, even primates if you wanted to work with them or wildlife it is never ending what we could work with it's pretty fantastic and again, we can't be bored because our clients alone will keep us wildly entertained and our pets will make us laugh. And in this time when you're completely burned out, remember why you went into this field. Connect with your veterinary patients because too often I see too many people going about their day busy, 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 and they forgot to connect with the veterinary patient. Just take the time, pet the dog, Pet the cats that will let you pet them <laughs> and enjoy those moments because that's why we went into this industry. So happy Veterinary Technician Week. And even if you're listening to this outside of National Vet Tech Week, I hope that it made you laugh. I hope that it made you reinvigorate yourself as to why you went into this industry. Take those wonderful unicorn moments and hold on to them and always be a unicorn. Check out all of my amazing blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. My name is Amy Newfield. Have a fantastic day.